Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Hallelujah Anyway podcast. I'm your host Rebecca Ince and again I am really excited to bring this episode to you all. It is about nine minutes until 12 in the morning. It's April 25th, the night of And this is getting interesting now because this is the third time in probably the last week and a half that I felt like the Lord wanted me to put put a word out and it's around the hour of 12 a.m. And I'm like, what is this about the midnight hour? So um, yesterday, I believe, was yesterday? Who's very, okay, yeah. Yesterday, um, I was having a rough day. I don't know what it is, but I've been noticing this pattern where all like especially with quarantine it's so easy to just get like sidetracked and everything and just not be productive um especially spiritually excuse me and I didn't pray and I was just kind of dilly-dallying kind of just wasting time and I felt like I was so frustrated about a lot of things I knew there was things that there were things that I needed to pray about but I literally just could not bring myself to do it and I was like holy spirit and somehow the lord was so kind always and he he called me away and i went into my prayer time and i was getting frustrated because i didn't really know what to read and i was like lord what should i read what should i read whatever i'll open to i'll read and you know (laughs) after trying that maybe once or twice i opened up to um my bible is like a study bible and it has an opening page before a new book of the bible starts and it gives you um introduction preface that kind of thing context for the book that you'll be reading it's biblical importance historical um accounts that kind of thing and it said habakkuk and i said okay now mind you until today i've been calling it habakkuk (laughs) and my mom corrected me today but yeah i was in habakkuk yesterday and I was like, oh, Lord, how much do you want me to read? Well, lo and behold, it's like three chapters. So I dug into it. And so I have my notebook here with me. Please bear with me. My handwriting was messy. So if I'm trying to read it and it takes longer than it should, um, just know that that's why. But I found this thing that the Lord was teaching me about faith in um throughout these three chapters um, and a couple of other lessons as well but before I dive into that I want to pray and then we'll get started with this episode dear heavenly father I just thank you for this night and I thank you for the opportunity to deliver a word to your people and I thank you for the opportunity to be with you and that you draw me away with your loving kindness and that you teach me and that you show me things in your word um, and that you're showing your children as well and I just pray that every word that proceeds out of my mouth is none of mine and all of yours that you touch your people that you bless your people that a work is being done um, in your people's hearts lord that flowers bloom out of this word um in your people so i just plead the blood of jesus over this word um lord that you just help me to share it and that it's all of you and none of me and that you bless every listener in jesus name i pray amen all right y'all so i've got my notebook here and i'm just kind of going to be going through it and you know what? actually i should probably open my bible just in case i need to refer to some things which i probably will so let me find it. Let's see. You know what? This one's my KJV Bible, so every time I record these, <laughs> it kind of just feels like y'all are with me. Like I'm just in my room and I'm trying to rummage around and find my Bible. So here, let me do that. So now we're grabbing the NKJV. 
cutback goes on in this one page 1523 so here we go and also y'all i'm just looking and i've had this bible for a while the nkjv one my kjv one's a little bit newer um and some of these pages are just so creased that i want to cry like it, it sounds dramatic like of course i'm not gonna cry but i mean it's just kind of sad that they're creasing because i really don't want to crease these up but we're moving page 15, 23. Mm-hmm. Right before Zephaniah. Here we go. So I've opened up to that. Um, yeah. You know what? Maybe I should also open my KGV because I highlighted some things. Okay, y'all, bear with me. Bear with me. Just so I don't miss anything. That's highlighted. I hope you guys like the sound of page turning. Oh, help me find this. This Bible is much bigger because, well, no, they're both study Bibles, so that was faulty. Not good reasoning. So, in order to not waste any time, I'm not familiar with where Rebecca is by memory, so you know what we're going to do no shame we are going to the table of contents so back in this one is page 1513 a little bit closer <clears throat> okay cool so i've got both of my bibles out i've got my notebook y'all this is like the anatomy of a podcast session now this was probably not the last time i'll do something like this so here we go. We're going to get into these notes. So I wrote down Habakkuk Bible study for 24, 2020, 6 at 3 p.m. was when I began. And um, chapter 1, verse 5 says, the Lord is going, I took note and I kind of just made it a prayer almost. I said, the Lord, if, well, this one felt more like a promise, like the Lord is going to work a work in my days that I wouldn't even believe, um, even though I was told. And chapter three, verse two, I don't really want to jump ahead of myself here, but chapter three, verse two kind of just became my prayer. And it says, um, Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years, make it known. Um, and just our thing with COVID, you're going to see there's a lot of different themes going on here. Um, so I encourage you to read Habakkuk. I mean, you, it can be done in one sitting. It's three short chapters. Um, and it's, it's, of course, it's worth it. It's the word of God. So if you want to pause this episode, read Habakkuk and come back, you can do that. If you want to dive in with this with me, you can do that. Um, if you want to read it after, as well as having this for preface in a way, do whatever you um, feel led to do. But you have the option to keep listening here with me. So I put down chapter one, verse two. I said, even Habakkuk, um, I wrote, even Habakkuk, a believer in God, thought that the Lord could not hear him. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. I just thought that that was very interesting, that Habakkuk, I believe, is a prophet of the Lord. And um, that, yeah, that's actually even more interesting that I think about it now. The fact that Habakkuk is a prophet of the Lord and prophets are known for hearing the voice of God and knowing that they have that communication with the father not of course that like other believers don't but a big part of the prophetic office is being able to hear god clearly and also 
um, be able to communicate with him because that's where when you prophesy out of relationship, you're not prophesying out of religion. It is an intimate relationship with the Lord. So <laughs> this guy who has that relationship with the Lord is literally crying out to God in verse two. And he's like, oh, let me read it. It says, this is the KJV one. It says, oh, Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear even cry out unto um, thee of those of violence hold on you know what let's do nkjv i do this to myself all the time i don't know what it is it's like i'll read nk the kjv by myself in my quiet time and i'm like okay and then i may cross reference it with something but for the sake of the podcast and clearly it seems like i'm struggling a little bit right now we'll do nkjv and then i'll cross reference um as i need to but verse two says oh lord how long shall i cry and you will not hear even cry out to you violence and he's saying like violence to the Lord and you will not save. So he feels like the Lord is not hearing him, um, that he's crying out to the Lord, his complaints and that the Lord isn't saving him. So I draw, jotted that down. And what, um, you know what? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Y'all, I think we're going to need a little bit more preface here. I just, I flipped a page late in my notebook. So I have some notes from my prayer time before we get into that. So I back here now near 5 p.m. I was praying. I wrote here and um, the context that of the day is that I didn't feel like praying all day. Right. And the first thing that I noted down is in quotes uh, what I felt the Lord was saying to me. Every day is a divine appointment. Live like it. Make the most out of it and ask the Lord at the beginning of the day. How can I serve you? And I envisioned like a knight putting his fist to his chest. Like, you know, when you see like um, people who serve in in um, in like a royal in a royal spear um, that they like do the chest tap thing on their what's it called armor. Yeah. And I said, I envision a knight um, putting his fist to his chest. And I said, asking the Lord um, this question daily is like reporting to the royal the royal service like incomparable to any other um royal service that we have on this planet like this is the kingdom um and we get to report to that service every day and we get to tap on our chest like a knight um and i said and i wrote even the mundane days are divine appointments and every moment is unique and it was interesting because the night before then i had been watching the show with my mom it's called the mysteries of the bible and it's on tbn's website and this man he goes through um kind of just the revelations through scripture and he was talking he was just talking about how every moment is unique that you have like one infinityth um or one eternityth i think the word was per second something like that but that every second was unique right um so i wrote that down and then i said i asked the lord to fill me with love so that when people encounter me they encounter the love of god um, and is the loving kindness of God that leads people to repentance. I don't know if that has anything to do with our study, but I have it here, so I read it. Um, let's see. Then asking the Lord for healing and whatnot, because the last thing, like literally just to be vulnerable, like the last thing I want to do is to think about people who have hurt me in a way or whether they have apologized or not. I don't like the thought of being annoyed by people like I just it's not love I would rather think about somebody who has brought me pain and just feel compassion because there's a root issue I'm not trying to make excuses for them but 
the Holy Spirit, the more that you commune with him, the more that he heals you, the more that he changes you, the more that you realize that all of these offenses built up, it's just silly. Like, there's no reason for it. When you understand why people do the things that they do, it helps you to grapple with why they do those things and why that's not a you problem and that you just need to pray for them. So I put that in my prayer request. And then here we go. I said, I asked the Lord what he wanted me to study and I opened to the book starter page of Habakkuk. I read the intro page and I asked, why do we need faith? So this is where it all began because one of the intro pages was talking about a common theme um, in Habakkuk, I think, being faith. And I was like, well, why do we need faith? Like, why can't we just know everything in a sense, but not everything, but everything that we ask? Like, why is that information just not easily um, accessible? It's not even an issue of easy access. It's just the present reality that we don't need to know everything and clearly the lord did that for a reason and we can trust that because he says that everything is for our good clearly there's good reason to why we don't just have this infinite knowledge and don't need to ask god any questions so i struggled for a bit trying to answer that um out loud i'm like well and i'm coming up with like these different theories and i and it was like you know i'll just google it but i found um, this article, I don't have the quote, I don't think, but my conclusion after Googling it, because I think one of the posts was saying that pretty much in essence that you need faith to please God. So once I got that and remembered that verse, I said, okay, well, I can work with that and work from that. So three reasons we need faith. One, at the top of all of it, faith pleases God. Two, all good and healthy relationships need faith and trust. So we've seen that. And then three, faith gives humans the space to be astounded by God. If we could just know everything and um, we didn't have to ask God anything and we didn't have to trust in him for outcomes, we would never be astounded. We say, okay, well, we know that. And I mean, God is in a league of his own. Only he is omniscient. Only he can know everything. So that means, I mean, that's just, that's a new thing that I didn't even write down. Um, That's just God's privilege not even privileges it's just who god is and we don't need to know everything and we couldn't know everything we don't have you don't even if we if, even if god said okay y'all can know everything we don't have the capacity for that that's 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 something else onto its own so here we go so then i thought to myself well where is god in coronavirus well of course i know that he's like in the midst of it but just kind of as like a um a title to kind of di- dive into that And I put Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 2 through 15. So let me see what that says that I wrote that down. Okay, yeah. In essence, chapter 2 starts off, well, I took note of 2 through 15, but chapter 2 just starts off with Habakkuk saying that he's going to stand on his watch and set himself on the rampart to watch and see what the Lord would say to him because he had just made his appeal to God. He's like, God, you see this injustice. You see these problems. Are you listening? This kind of thing. So then by verse two, it starts going into the Lord's response. And it says, then the Lord answered me and said, and yeah, so now it's clicking. So basically, um, the way that I had relate, related to myself is like, say, 
in the same way that Habakkuk was asking the Lord, um, where are you in these bad things? Where are you when the Babylonians are doing this and the child who are also known as the Chaldeans at this point? Um, where are you in all of this? And a lot of people are probably asking, where is the Lord in coronavirus? Um, is your God so kind that he's letting a pandemic take over the world? This kind of thing. I'm like, first of all, the pandemic isn't taking um, over anything. Every pandemic, every disease, every illness, every spirit, every demon is subject to the name that of Jesus Christ. So that's not a conversation. But to somehow <laughs> answer that, um, verse 2 picks up and it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, I love this because the Lord's like, here, preface, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry now verse four is when the lord starts laying down the law (laughs) or verse five really um no i think both verse four and five through about 15 the lord lays down the law like he's not playing games about anything no he never is he says behold the proud his soul is not upright within him but the just shall live by faith so the lord gives habakkuk this kind of lens of faith before he even gets into um his woe to the wicked he's telling habakkuk um as someone that he loves he's like hey look um, you know, the just shall live by faith. Behold, behold the proud. His soul isn't even upright in him. You, on the other hand, your soul is upright in you. You're just and you're going to live by faith. And then the Lord goes into acknowledging the things that Habakkuk has told him. The Lord says, indeed, because he transgresses, let me move my Bible. Indeed, he literally agrees. He says, indeed, because he transgresses by wine, he is a proud man. And he does not stay at home. And he's talking about um, the people who Habakkuk has been complaining about. He says, because he enlarges his desire as hell and he is like death and cannot be satisfied. He gathers to himself all nations and heaps up for himself all peoples. Will not all these take up a proverb against him and a taunting riddle against him and say, woe to him who increases what is not his? How long? And to him who loads himself with many pledges will not your creditors rise up suddenly so the lord <laughs> he's he's laying down things that are just um again this is this the law he's t- he's telling the lord he's pretty much just telling them he's like this is the consequence for the actions that you have put out he's pretty much one of the shut ins because he told Habakkuk to write these things and put them up and um it says like will not your creditors rise up suddenly we're picking up at verse seven Will they not awaken who oppress you and you will become their booty because you have plundered many nations, um, all the remnants. So basically warning them, you're going to reap what you sow. This is it. Um, and Habakkuk gets to experience this, too, which is an awesome response to his questions. It's not exactly word for word, like the Lord going through and addressing each of his questions, but the Lord knows just how much he needs to know, just how much he needs to speak out and just what Habakkuk needs because the Lord is a good father. So verse eight says, because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you 
because of men's blood and the violence of the land and the city and of all who dwell in it. Woe to him who covets evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples and sin against your soul. For the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. Woe to him who builds a town with bloodshed, who establishes a city by a wick- by iniquity. Behold, is it not the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire? And nations weary themselves in vain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the water covers the sea. And the Lord says the same thing, I believe, to COVID-19. He says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And this also, thank you, Holy Spirit, reminds me of the verse where it says, once more I will shake the heavens and the earth. This is a shaking. So we move into verse 15, the last verse that I noted. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk that you may look on his nakedness. So the Lord has been calling out um, the evilness and the wickedness and the people who Habakkuk has been complaining about and making his appeal to the Lord. So back to the notes, I wrote, um, the just shall live by faith and the unjust shall live by sight. So I'll repeat that. The just shall live by faith and the unjust shall live by sight. That's what I gathered when I was reading it because I thought, well, Lord, if this is a condition of the just are living by faith, then what are the unjust living by? So sight, what they can see. And I said, this is a reason why the world is so angry and bitter. They focus on what they can see. Um, that what they see is wrong. And even those who are saved and see in the supernatural do not have the eyes of faith to see the grand plan of God's sovereign and just reasoning. So you can be save Sally, but having faith, um, you can increase your faith. You say, Lord, help my unbelief so that you don't see things the world that the way that the world does, but that you operate through faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So as I wrote, living by faith is a privilege set aside for the just. Again, like a contractual kind of thing. You're just, you live by faith. This is just um, the conditions. And I said that um, the just live by the truth that God is good, God is sovereign, just, loving, and they know that no matter what they see, they can trust that all that the Lord does is good. So... To quickly recap that, um, just saying that the just shall live by faith. Um, it is seeing through faith, um, living by faith is a privilege set aside for the just, and that just people live by the truth that God is good, sovereign, just, loving, and they know that no matter what they see physically, um, they can trust that all that the Lord does is good, and that all things are working out for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So walking by sight, on the other hand, so let's backtrack, to walk by sight is a deception. Walking by faith offers greater perspective, true perspective, because one can see the happenings of the world and walk by faith. So a child of God can see what's going on in the world or not disregarding what the, what's happening but they can still walk by faith they're called to walk by faith but the world walks by sight and is uh, by sight only no faith and is susceptible 
to the false narratives and blindings of the enemy. So whatever the enemy says for them goes. They see present circumstances. They see COVID-19. They say, yeah, God isn't good. Yeah, um, I don't need to be a Christian. I don't need to follow God if this is what he allows. Da, 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 da. And that's what they see. But the Christian, the person who walks with God, the follower of Christ, the, per- the just that is walking by faith, they don't see it in that light. They see, yes, I do see that people are dying from this. And my heart does go out to them. And I'm praying and I'm interceding. I'm not ignoring what is going on. Like a lot of people think that Christianity is just um, this kind of thing where people just walk by blindness and that they don't have any logic, anything like that. No, we're logical people because we have the mind of Christ. But we see these present circumstances, but instead of dwelling on it and allowing the enemy to draw up a false narrative and um, curse God, we say, well, hallelujah, the Lord is good. We know and trust that he's going to make something good out of it. And we always see him come through because he has a perfect track record. And that is such a blessing to walk with the God with the perfect track record, the one true and living God. So now that brings us, um, I took some notes here on chapter one. Um, and yeah, that brings us back to where I started originally before I realized I was in the wrong place. Well, maybe not even the wrong place, but I got a little ahead of myself. That even Habakkuk, a prophet, a believer in God, thought the Lord could not hear him. Now, at this point in time, in chapter 1, now go back with me. I know that we went through some things in chapter 2. Come back with me to chapter 1. At this point in time, Habakkuk is currently in the process of seeing. So these are the notes, the ones that I just shared with you about how the just shall live by faith, that kind of thing. Right now, Habakkuk is just seeing. He hasn't really activated his faith yet. He's just telling the Lord what the present circumstances are, um, explaining his, he's making his appeal to the Lord. And he, I wrote, he is analyzing the present conditions with his flesh and using his fleshly logic. Um, logic. Now, what he's seeing is not wrong. These are the present circumstances. However, the perspective and lenses of faith need to be introduced by God. And God is going to do just that, as we saw again in, back in chapter 2, where the Lord started to show him. Um, we'll, we'll get there. So I put three stars here to, again, revisit this fact. Faith does not ask you to ignore what you're seeing or to deny what you're seeing but 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 it does ask for trust in the sovereign and just God so even in verses um, 7 through 11 in chapter 1 which read as will not your creditors rise up suddenly will not they awaken um, who oppress you and you will become their booty um, because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the people shall plunder you because of men's blood and the violence of the land and in the city and all who dwell in it. Woe to him um, who covets evil, gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of disaster. You give shameful counsel to your house, cutting off many peoples and sin against your soul, for the stone will cry out from the wall and the beam from the timbers will answer it. So even in those verses right there, the Lord acknowledges the wickedness of the Chaldeans and it says something that God goes in depth about how evil they are and still says I'm going to use this for my glory anyway so we move into chapter 2 and verses 2 through 4 say um 
Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So I wrote verses two through four. The Lord sometimes gives us this assurance. Well, always, really. This one's like um, uh, the Lord is speaking. Well, okay. The Lord is always giving us assurance in these times because we have the word of God. But this is a different like circumstance because the Lord is talking to Habakkuk and is telling him to write things down. But at all times, the Lord gives us assurance through hardships and trials because we do have access to the word of God. So I wrote, the Lord gives us assurance and words in a time of waiting to help strengthen our faith. In verses 5 through 20, which are basically um, about like the woe to the wicked, um, they remind us and serve as an example that the Lord is just um, and that he's laying down the law. So even when it looks like injustice is running rampant and all these things are going wrong, um, rather, instead of looking at it and just saying, Lord, are you just, Lord, are you sovereign, and questioning the character of God, that we can have faith that, that actually is attributing to God's character as he cannot deviate away from himself and who he is. So even when things look unjust, those are only circumstances. God is not a circumstance. He is above it and outside of it. Um, so we can trust that he is just and sovereign in that. And the Lord is telling the Chaldeans, that they will reap what they sow, and that these are the laws in the kingdom of God. And I wrote, God shows his power in verses 19 through 20. Verses 19 through 20 say, Woe to him who says to wood, oh, I love this part. Woe to him, this is verse 19 from chapter 2. Woe to him who says to wood, awake, and to silent stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, yet in it there is no breath at all so this is the lord talking about the chaldeans and their idols they're telling the wood awake and they're telling silent stone arise it's it'll teach it shall teach um and they're to end this all overlay with gold and silver and there's no breath in it and the lord is saying but i am the one true living god i have breath so i said the lord shows his power in verses 19 through 20 it's funny to me because the Chaldeans had to tell their gods what to do. It's a spirit of backwardness, honestly, because humans, or at least that's just kind of what I figured. I'm not going to like sit, label it 100%, but to me, it just seemed like a spirit of backwardness. Because I'm like, what is going on? I mean, everything that's evil is backward, so I'm not going to, of course, call it like one specific spirit. But besides the point, humans are made above wood, stone, gold, silver, these kind of materials. So there's this demonic cycle where literally the humans that are above these materials is... <laughs> okay, let's backtrack. Let me just read what I wrote. I said, um, there's a, a demonic cycle of backwardness where the human who is above these materials have to take time out of their day. And time is valuable, y'all. It sounds cliche, but time is valuable. And I said that these humans... Um, they're in this demonic cycle of backwardness where the human who is above these materials, the gold, the silver, the wood, um, the stone, they have to take time out of their day to tell the thing that they have power over to govern, that they have power over and that they can govern. They're telling it to govern and have power over them. 
does that make any sense at all? You are a human and you are telling stone, you are telling gold, you are telling these materials, here, teach me, here, awake, arise. This doesn't make any sense. So, meanwhile, God remains in a league of his own. Verse 20 says that the earth keeps silence before him and that no one has, you know, no one has to tell God what to do or how to do it and that he is always awake and he is always teaching and that it is a blessing to serve a God, the God, that we do not have to tell him what to do, that God was and is all, he was, he is and always will be God. And then I moved into chapter three. Um... Verse two, I said again, like my prayer is, O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known. And I wrote down with star, I said, our response is praise. Verses three through 16, um, which if I look over here, is basically the prophet's prayer. So it's Habakkuk, or oh, Habakkuk, sorry, um, telling the Lord, uh, just pretty much magnifying the Lord. And, and talking about the things that he's done it says um oh lord i have heard your speech and was afraid oh lord revive your work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known in wrath remember mercy god came from Teman, the holy one from mount paran selah his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise his brightness was like the light he had rays flashing from his hand and there his power was hidden before him went pestilence, and fever followed at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian trembled. O oh Lord, were you displeased with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers? Was your wrath against the sea? That you rode on your horses, your chariots of salvation, your bow is made quite ready, oaths were sworn over your arrows. You divided the earth with rivers, the mountains saw you and trembled, the overflowing of the water passed by, the deep uttered its voice and lifted its hands on high, the sun and the moon stood still in their habitation, at the light of your arrows they went, at the shining of your glittering spear." You marched through the land in indignation. You trampled the nations in anger. You went forth for the people, for the salvation of your people, for salvation with your anointed. You struck the head from the house of the wicked by laying bare from foundation to neck. You thrust arrows with his own, you thrust through with his own arrows the head of his villages. They came out like a whirlwind to scatter me. The rejoicing was like feasting on the poor in secret. You walked through the sea with your horses, through the heap of great waters. When I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled in myself. That I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes up to the people, he will invade them with his troops. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines though the labor of the olive may fa may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord i will join the god of my salvation the lord is my strength he will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk high on my hills and um that's our response, y'all. That's praise. 
and uh, I wrote, let's see, verse 6, his ways are everlasting. Again, we can trust in the just nature. What does verse 6 say? Let's see. That he stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations, and went, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed. His ways are everlasting. And I wrote, we, again, we can trust in the just nature and sovereignty of God. Verses 3 through 16, Habakkuk recalls all the wondrous works of the Lord. And I thought that we could also learn from him. And that there might be a lesson to learn here that before um, we're so quick to make our appeals to the Lord and complain about everything that seems to be wrong, but just pausing and reminding our souls of the character of God and his perfect track record and giving him that praise, maybe from the front end, instead of having to wait and see the Lord's response. Because I feel like there's a testing sometimes where the Lord um, will put us in positions and allow the enemy to um, go through those kind of things, uh, to have us go through those kind of things, even with Job. Um, and, you know, just giving praise to God and that the Lord found that Job was right standing even in that trial. So just remind your soul always of the character of God and his goodness and it will increase your faith as well I believe. And I put verse 17 Habakkuk's perspective has faith introduced. So at first when we saw in chapter 1 I said that he was only in the seeing portion but now by verse 17 in chapter 3 his perspective Um, with faith has been introduced and that he acknowledges the circumstances again though the fig tree may not blossom in that verse he goes yet and he goes on to see through the lens of faith that God has given him and said yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation and he calls God his strength and then in verse 19 Habakkuk then applies the word to his present circumstance um Declaring that even in this time, this hard time and times to come, the Lord will make his feet like deer's feet and make him walk on his high hills. And that Habakkuk leaves this encounter, I guess like quote unquote, that he, you know, he's he's leaving this encounter with God. Um, that, that he's filled with faith. Sorry, I'm trying to get through my handwriting. <laughs> And that he's sure-footed as a deer and he's rejoicing in the Lord, enjoying in the God of his salvation and that we can do that too. So yeah, that is the Bible study um, and some of the kind of the things that the Lord had me take notes on yesterday in my study of Habakkuk, chapters 1 through 3, which is the book. And I just pray that, that blessed you all um, and that you have a blessed morning, a blessed afternoon, a blessed evening, a blessed night, whenever you're listening to this. And um, I just pray the blessings of the Lord over you and that he grows you in him um, and that he makes you to flourish and that you're like a tree just planted by streams of water um, and that you abide in the Father and that your latter will be greater than your former in the name of Jesus. And I just pray that you spend time with him and I pray that you go closer to him, especially in this time of quarantine. It looks like some states are starting to lift up. So press in before you feel comfortable to start going outside and returning um, back to whatever this new normal is. And just trusting in the goodness of God and just knowing that he holds you and that he's your father and that he's kind and that he's loving and that he's just in all of your situations and that your whereabouts are known by him and that he loves you more than you will ever know. Um, yeah, and that his love for you is astronomical. I was actually listening to the show I was referencing earlier, The Mysteries of the Bible, 
and he was um I forget the guy's name Jonathan Khan I think he was saying that in the Hebrew language when uh how do I explain this Jesus help me basically that we could not just say that the Lord has mercy it's actually plural in Hebrew and that when something is plural in Hebrew it is so vast and so massive that the human mind cannot understand it. it's like a greater weight of glory in a sense so the actual hebrew translation like to say like the lord has mercies the lord has mercies um and that that just means that his mercies for humanity are so massive and so large that i don't know why i felt like going into this perhaps this is for someone if you're listening to this and you just feel like you cannot receive your mercy from the Lord that you need to know right now in the name of Jesus that that's an enemy that's a lie from the enemy and that you can boldly approach the throne of grace when you are in time of need when you're in need of grace and that the Lord has mercies for you and rather that his mercies for you are new every single morning so um don't let the enemy cheat you out of that go for it um have a repentant heart before the lord he loves to hear you he loves to hear from you he made you he made us for his pleasure and that he loves us so much and i just pray that the lord reveals more and more of his love to all of us to you to me and that everyone who encounters both you and i will encounter jesus christ because of his love and that that loving kindness that he offers would lead the world to repentance and that we would all leave one of my favorite jess connell um quotes she said that she wants to leave this world more in awe of jesus than she found than she found it and i pray that that's a blessing that the lord places over our lives and that we leave this world more in awe of jesus than we found it so again god bless you have an awesome day afternoon evening or night and i love you dearly and the lord does as well maranatha and shalom and i'll talk to you guys next time god willing on the next episode of the hallelujah anyway podcast